Shani Benzer. Welcome to the Blind Ambition Podcast with Jack Kelly. Welcome to the show, Shani. And maybe you could kind of tell you tell the audience a little about who you are and a little bit about your firm Crunchbase. Hi, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Um, my name is Shani Benzer. I am the Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at Crunchbase. I've been at Crunchbase for about four years. Before that, I was at Dropbox pre and post IPO, Salesforce, NVIDIA, um, and a bunch of agencies working with clients like PlayStation um, and Intel. Uh, a little bit more about Crunchbase for anybody who may not know us. Um, we are a platform for deal makers who are trying to make revenue for their business. So Lots of different deal makers use us. You've got investors looking for founders. You've got founders looking for investors. You've got salespeople looking for prospects, buyers looking for the products to find. Um, and what we offer them is insight into which companies are growing, which companies are contracting, which is very apropos with what's uh, happening right now out in the tech industry, um, and helping them find the best deals that are kind of the needle in the haystack. Um, and we've been around for a while. The name has been around for a while, but the company has only been around for a short period of time. Um, so we're kind of helping people wade through these tough economic times by finding the right deals for them. So as, as a marketing guru, how, what do you do in this kind of environment? Does, do, you, do you step up the marketing to try to make brand awareness? And this is not just for Crunchbase, but generally speaking, because I've seen, unfortunately, with a lot of the layoffs, marketing, recruiters, HR, talent acquisition, public relations, they seem to be downsized. But it almost, to me, feels like that's the wrong move. Like that's when you need them the most. So, so what are you seeing? What are you seeing going on? I don't know if I would call myself a marketing guru. I haven't, uh, I, I, that's probably not where I'm at. I'm probably the... Um unwilling marketer. I kind of am in marketing, but I'm more of the anti-customer, anti which maybe is what makes me good at marketing. Um, so I think a lot of companies right now, they're trying to figure out how do they improve profitability and they're looking to cut costs wherever they can. And they tend to look in departments where there's a perception that you can hire very quickly. If you can hire quickly, that means you can fire. And then when things get better, you can hire back up. Um, I think that might be a little bit of a, a misconception though. I think it is equally difficult to find good talent in the customer facing teams as it is to find good talent in technical teams. But there's this long standing feeling that it's just much, much harder to find technical talent at all. And so that's why you see that engineering teams, technical teams tend to be the last on the kind of chopping block uh, because it is going to be more difficult if and when the economy gets better for those companies to rehire. I don't know that they're thinking, um, you know, do we need to have marketing right now as the economy is getting worse? Do we need to have sales right now as our revenue is slowing down? I think they're looking at it very much from the, what is the ROI that I can get from this employee? Personally, I feel like when there is an economic downturn that you lose equally when you lay off people as when you keep the people. So it's probably better to do a, a kind of like clean sweep across the board, a little bit from everything. But I think there's a lot of research right now that's saying that layoffs don't actually improve the unit economics for a business over the long term. They end up being something like a short term kind of cut. And I think a lot of companies are using this time right now as a chance to cull where they may be overhired earlier 
or do a version of performance management where they have a lot more freedom to make difficult decisions than they did before. So, you know, every company is different. I, I, don't, I don't presume to know what every company's situation is, but whether or not they should be letting go of their customer facing teams is very dependent on where they sit within their business. Like, do they have, do they have a need to have more presence in the market? Do they need to be gaining more awareness? And if revenue is the problem, I do tend to agree with you that maybe getting rid of the revenue driving teams is not um, the right place to strike. What would you suggest as, as a marketing professional? Like, how can they get noticed? Do you, do you have any thoughts? Like what the, the average person could do who's kind of maybe a little scared to get it? Because it's not easy to go out there and say, hey, look at me, look at me, you know, choose me, hire me. What can they do to get out of their comfort zone to get noticed by an employer, by an HR person, by a recruiter? For anybody who has been recently affected by a layoff, first of all, I'm very, very sorry. I know this is one of those kind of life-changing, stressful moments. But if you look around, I think everybody's agreeing that if you are getting laid off, it is not you. It's not about you. It feels very personal because it's happening to you, but the decision was not personal to you. Um, and I think what ends up happening when you experience that is you have a lot of this internalized stress, internalized questioning, like, well, what did I do wrong? What could I do differently? And there may be a time where you should do that self-reflection, but I think I would suggest that right now the work to be done is self-care. And then once you're feeling a little bit kind of on your feet, a little bit more confident, if you're ready to start getting back out there, I have lots of thoughts for what people can do from a kind of self-marketing perspective. But I would just say before you start self-marketing, make sure that you actually are feeling yourself as, <laughs> as I might say on the weekends, like if you're feeling yourself, that's when it's time to start marketing yourself. If you're not feeling yourself, do the work to start feeling yourself. Because I think when I look at things from the recruiter's perspective, from a hiring manager's perspective, I need you to sell me on you. I'm not trying to sell me on you. And if you are not feeling confident and you're not willing to kind of self-promote, it's going to hurt your, your possibilities in the future. And some of the ways that you can self-promote are number one, make sure that you have a completely filled out LinkedIn profile. And then what I like to do is I apply the same rules that I use for uh, search engine optimization to job hunting. Go and look for the top 10 jobs that look like what you want to have. Look at the way their job descriptions are written. Look at the words that the hiring managers are using in the job descriptions. And then make sure that that phrasing, those words show up in your LinkedIn profile. Because what's happening on the company side is you have entry-level sourcers, early stage recruiters who are going into LinkedIn and doing searches for those terms. And if your profile matches, you're going to show up first. If your profile doesn't match, you're not even going to be considered. So that's the kind of first thing that you can do is just set a strong baseline with making sure that your profile stands up. It would be the same thing, by the way, I would tell a company to do if they were an early stage startup trying to figure out how to show up. I got to tell you, I love that advice. That, that was just so dead on. I think you have a another career as a career coach and a career expert because like you're hitting, seriously, you hear everything I talk to people about all the time because they forget or they don't do it and they need that reminder or they need that tutorial of, of what to do and how to stand out. Yeah, everything is marketing, right? Like we're talking about you're marketing yourself as an employee. You are, when you're in meetings, even at work, you're marketing your idea I think the one of the most important skills that people are going to have in the world is going to be communication. 
Are you good at taking an idea and distilling it down into simple parts? Are you good at understanding how many different opinions there are around the table and then presenting something in a way that can drive consensus? There's so much marketing that happens all around us, which is also why I say as consumers, we should be um, cautious, right? Now, if somebody, do you, if somebody wanted to move into marketing, because what I notice, whether it's the financial crisis during the pandemic, now you have this moment where people start reevaluating their lives and their careers. Like, hmm, do I want to do the same thing for the next five, 10 years? And you see a lot of people maybe going back to school, taking online courses, pivoting, reinventing themselves. If someone wanted to move into marketing, would you recommend it? And it's sort of like, what's a way you can get your foot in the door? Well, I'm biased, but I definitely recommend marketing. Um, I think the, again, we're breaking the decision down into a couple of parts. The first decision is, are you more interested in the creative side of marketing or are you more interested in the, what we would call performance or conversion marketing? It's kind of like, do you fancy yourself more of a, um, a creator or a more of a moneymaker slash optimizer? Because there are both, both tracks available in marketing. Um, and if those are the things that are interesting to you, like if you love writing, if you love designing, those absolutely are skills that will help you across marketing, but especially in the creative world. If you love analyzing, doing math, critically looking at a surface area and saying, what are the five ways I can make this better? There is absolutely a place for you in marketing as well. Um, so if those are things that are interesting, yes, get in there. If you're looking for basic skills that can help you get started in marketing, writing. Clear, concise writing is invaluable in every part of marketing. And then a little bit of analytics doesn't hurt. Well, I have a question for you. Yes. I mean, I feel like blind is almost the, um, it's the thermometer of employees, right? It's, it is the thing that's giving us a pulse of how people are feeling right now. I'm curious, what do you think is the number one thing that companies are not addressing, but is top of mind for employees. Uh, you know, I'm glad you asked that. So it's funny. So I can't remember how I met Rick, who's the PR communications person over blind. And, you know, I was talking to him. And it's like, oh my God, it's it, this, the site is awesome because for people who are not aware of it, you know, you have to, when you join, you have to give your, your email where you work, but when you post, you could do it anonymously. But by doing anonymously, you could really tell the truth. And so often you don't hear the truth. You hear like manufactured lifestyles and, and thoughts. So like you get a great, you know, vision of what's going on, the real. And like, we got to do a podcast about this is just amazing because, you know, they're just unfiltered and give you great stuff. So this turn back the clock a little bit. It was all about total compensation. It was all about how much am I earning? You know, how should I go to Microsoft? Should I go to Apple? Should I go to Amazon? Very, and I'm not saying this in any negative way at all. I'm just answering a question, just what I've seen. Now it's very different. The vibe check, what I'm saying is there's definitely more, I guess, FUD, you know, fear, uncertainty, uncertainty, doom, worry. Um, it's not as much about the money. It's not as much about, you know, what's my total compensation. I, I, the, the feel is that, hmm, what do we do? 
Like what's next? How long is this going to go on for? Are they just going to be drawing out these, you know, layoffs and drip, drip, drip? Did it, is it, did they pull off the bandaid all at once or do we have to worry? Um, can I buy that house I wanted to buy? You know, we were planning on getting married. I don't know. Should we wait? And all, it's, it's got very real, very quickly. And um, the tough part is, it's kind of sort, of sort of uncharted waters. So there's like no real answer. And that's why in part I was asking you about like, what do you do if you're you know, laid off or how do you navigate your career? Because that's what people are really concerned about, whether it's blind, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's you know, you know, Facebook. I think this is one thing that we all have in common now where it's a wake up call where it's, oh my gosh, you know, we went and, and, and I think in a way, Shani, I don't know how you feel about this, Maybe it's even more difficult because we had this 2019 go into the pandemic. Oh my God, this is terrible. Then you go into like 2021 and all of a sudden things look great and there's a big bubble. You know, if you bought stock, it just goes up. You bought crypto, it just goes up. Everything is great. Unicorns are minted left and right. And then boom, <laughs> all of a sudden now whiplash. It's like, wait, what just happened here? And so that's what I'm seeing a lot of, and not to go off on a tangent and I'm curious how you feel about it. That's why I, I think kind of is the problem with America as a whole now, like we're all anxiety ridden, you know, we're all scared. We're all worried. We're all nervous. And a lot of people don't want to admit it, but they're walking around like the walking, walking wounded. They're shell shocked. And at the beginning of the conversation, when you're talking about mental health, I think we have a mental health crisis and I can understand why if you're worried about losing your job, if you're worried about how do I, how can I afford getting a house? If you're worried about, Hey, I'm not going to have the same lifestyle as my parents. I have to worry about how am I going to save for retirement? So it's, it's such a mood shift. And I think people don't really know how to deal with it. I think it is very real. Yeah. The mental crisis that we are in the middle of and definitely not through and I think there's more to come and I also see that it's really a lot of that anxiety comes from FUD it comes yeah. from like we don't have control over all parts of our lives I, I guess we never did but it feels more so now than it ever did at least in my lifetime I'm sure others have experienced this multiple times <clears throat> and I think that's part of it too there's a lot of people who are newer to the workforce who have never experienced a recession or a cool down. And so this is their first time and there's a lot of uncertainty. I think those folks who have been around through a couple of different bubbles know that this too shall pass. And that knowledge kind of gives them a little bit more peace of mind. So I think if you're earlier in your career, just know this too shall pass. It will be painful. Do what you can to kind of shore up your reserves and prepare to make it through however long this is, whether it's a couple of years or more or less, just shore up, but it will pass because everything we've seen in our economy is that it is ebbs and flows, ebbs and ebbs and tides, ebbs and flows. And I think that's gonna be true for us here today. I think a thing that companies can do, and this is something that I've been talking to um, some of the people on my team about because when the pressure is on, and right now I would say the pressure is on. Everybody is like, whose fault is this? And you start pointing fingers. Sometimes what can happen is you end up with this us versus them mentality where the people who run the company are against the people who essentially hold the company up. Like the people who are the employees, the ones who are doing the work versus the people who are the decision makers. 
And it ends up being like, you should be grateful that you have a job, but that's not the right mentality to have. And I think you see that happening with, you know, there are some people who have acquired major social networks who have come in very much with that mentality. And I don't know that it's working for them. So if you have the luxury of being either in the position of power, or if you are working at a company and you're not in the position of power, the ideal state is for it to be cooperative. And by that, I mean, both sides should be able to say what their needs are, right? The company needs to make X million dollars. The employee needs to make X amount of money to survive. Both may not be able to get what they want, but if there's open communication, for example, let's say you know your company doesn't have a ton of runway left, you're not able to do um, your, your company holiday party, which is what happened at Crunchbase. We said, you know what, while we have a lot of money in the bank, rather than spending almost a half a million dollars on a holiday party, bringing everybody to San Francisco, we're going to cancel the holiday party. And we know that it is a bummer. We understand that you are upset. We are upset too, but we want to bank that $500,000 and save it for a rainy day because we don't know what the future is going to hold. And by being able to have the conversation with the employees and saying, you're not bad for being sad that we're not having a holiday party. We understand why you're disappointed. We're disappointed too, but here's our reasoning. It created this opportunity for both of us to be on the same side of looking at budgeting versus me versus you. Like, I'm not, I'm not mad at you because you were mad that I decided not to have a party. We are both acknowledging that not having a party is a freaking bummer, but we're also on the same side of saying, okay, it's great now that we were able to bank that little chunk of cash. For the future. And I think more and more what's going to happen is it, companies are going to have to explain, here's what we can financially afford to do. And I understand if that's not what you were hoping, but I respect the requests that you're making of us. And ultimately, it'll be your decision whether what I can offer you is enough for you to stay or whether you feel like you can get a better opportunity elsewhere. But we're both going to try our best. I love that. Well, I really appreciate Thank you so much. I think this is an amazing conversation. You shared so much wisdom, so much knowledge, so much advice, so much guidance that is so needed. I think people are going to walk away from this, learn a lot. It's like we help people, which is, this is why I started it. This is why I wanted to do you know, these podcasts, because I think we really add a lot of value to people in a time where they need it. So I, I really super appreciate you taking the time out of your day and, and, and having this conversation. Thanks for having me. Thanks. That's it for The Blind Ambition. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.